Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Arizona, happy Sunday, beautiful day out there, and welcome to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We have the lovely Shira here on Phones and Music, accompanied by Zandra, and you just heard Julie in the news. Anyway, beautiful morning out there, great weather, couldn't be any nicer. We you know, do call this uh, fall here spring, and this is the about as good as it gets right now. So we could talk about whatever we're doing to enjoy our garden, what to plant, how to plant it, where to plant it. Perhaps there's some plants around, and I know there are. We still have some in the nursery. They're a little hurt from the summer. How to resuscitate those as best as possible. What to plant this time of year. It's a great fall planting season. It's the perfect time to plant trees. Like pretty much any deciduous or evergreen trees, it's, it's ideal. Everything from citrus to fruitless olives to pistachios to elms to live oaks, whatever your dreams, it's a good time to plant. And it's also flower season. So if you're looking for some beautiful color that'll last all the way until May, we can talk about, you know, petunias, pansy, snaps and stalks and begonias and beautiful things like geraniums, lots of fun things to grow out there. Lots of different places to plant them, but many of them will last all the way until spring. So that's kind of fun. Vegetable time. You know, we grow most of the vegetables for the United States, especially as far as leafy greens and things uh, in Arizona this time of year. So broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, your root crops like uh, rutabaker turnips. I'm sure those are a big one these days. But uh, you could also grow garlic and onions. Uh, All those things that do really well this time of year. Great time to grow those. And any other ideas you have? You know, we always start off the program with wide open phones, but we finish up and it's kind of hard to get in. So if you've got an idea you'd like to share and uh, something that's working for you, I would love to hear it. The number to call once more, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. We always start off the hour with wide open phones, but then by the end of the hour, it's kind of tricky to get in. So if you've got a suggestion, a question, an idea, and you're up as early as we are, give us a call. And it is, a, like I say, a fantastic time to plant trees. And if last summer was a little hot, you know, setting records in July... In July, in July, in July, and 110 plus for over a month. And uh, it seemed like to be the, the, the hot streak that lasted forever. Um, you know, now is the perfect time to correct that. And there's lots of different styles and ways we can do things. We are in a subtropical climate, so we see everything like from the sissy tree out the window here to looking over at the mountains on the foothills, Palo Verdes, and all those trees flourish and do well. They do different kinds of things for us. You know, some are just real pretty to look at. Some do a lot of uh, transpiration to moisture in the summertime, can really cool our homes. Um, you know, other ones give us some wonderful fruit like citrus. And uh, you can even grow pretty good olives here. This was uh, our olive com- country for a long time before it uh, wasn't and then it was again. So olives do really well here too. But, you know, figs and peaches and plums and pears, so all the fruit things. And then, you know, when you get out to our desert, the ironwood trees here are one of my favorites. It's a native tree here that just, you know, it stays pretty evergreen, but 
beautiful canopy on it has a pink flower and uh, super functional you know you don't have to water it from you know now until really probably may and not much until it gets hot usually like july and then crank the water on it'll cool your yard and it'll shade things it'll transpire a lot of moisture and it will grow pretty fast in that time of year and then you could just turn it back off when it gets cool again in the fall. You know, that's what works well with mesquite trees, too. You know, they're, they're a great tree for turning off and on. You know, and if we're going to look at using our water wisely and correctly into our best human and, and you know, benefit of nature here in the valley, um, you know, turning the water off and on makes a big difference. So this is the time of year that if you have mature desert trees, things like mesquites and palo verdes and ironwoods, but even trees like olive trees, um, you know, bigger eucalyptus, you can cut the water off right now. You know, you've got maybe one last irrigation between now and the end of the month. No reason to water these desert trees. Save your water for December, January, February, and turn them back on moderately in March, maybe just a you know, minimal irrigation, and then crank the water up when it's hot. And if you do so, you'll save a lot of water that we're not going to need and the trees really don't need in the wintertime, but we'll be putting water on in the summer when we have a huge benefit. You know, trees can make it up to 25 degrees cooler under the canopy. And so what a difference that makes, And uh, but it takes water. So when we get to the heat of the summer, the trees that we're saying that are really stressed right now are the ones that didn't have increased water. So if you kick the water up for the summer, you'll not only make your trees happy, but you'll cool your yard. Well, here we sit with wide open phones, all brokenhearted. So I guess we're going to have to give something away and lure you in to call. So for the next three callers, what should we go? You know what we'll do? It's a precursor to what's going to happen. But for the next three callers... Um, Let's see. Gosh, there's different there's different things that can happen, you know, and um, we could give them like a free color bowl or hanging basket or we could option that into a uh, a free uh, 15 gallon citrus tree. I think those would be two good options. So let's let's just do this for the next three colors. Uh, well, you can have your choice of a free big hanging basket, and the hanging baskets are beautiful. You can take those at home and and for Thanksgiving or even for a gift for Thanksgiving for your family. You know, wonderful color hanging baskets. You know, well, basically a lot of these have geraniums, petunias, and a whole plethora of different varieties. But you'll have color that'll last through the spring. So those are a lot of fun. And what better than a citrus tree? You know, especially let's just make it a lemon tree because the lemon trees are the most wonderful tree, I think, of all. It's my favorite tree, not only growing commercially, but if I were to have one tree in my yard, it'd be a lemon because you can pick them. They're ready. They're ripe right now, as ripe as you'll buy in the store. They'll stay till April and they're blooming. They're pretty. So for the first three colors, we're going to give you a free, your choice, either a big hanging basket, color bowl, or a lemon tree. And these aren't little lemon trees. These are 15 gallons. And uh, so give us a call. You'd be first. And uh, we will uh, go ahead and take a break. You can start calling during the break and um, come pick up your tree. We'll give you some directions. So right, right, we'll take a short break. Give us a call. And uh, we'll be right back. And we'll, we'll be back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Sippity doo sippity My oh my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine head my way. 
Zippity doo dah, zippity a. Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. It's the truth, it's action. Everything is satisfactory. Zippity doo dah, zippity a. Wonderful feeling, wonderful day. Well, welcome back, folks. Beautiful Sunday morning. Looks like we have our three winners, but we still have a lot. Oh, no, we don't have any lines available. Uh, we'll get right to the phones. Miguel, good morning, Miguel. Good morning, Brian. How are you doing today? Oh, enjoying this morning. The weather's just perfect. Absolutely. It is no better time than coming out here with a coffee now and just working on the yard, you know. Uh, my question for today is um, we have a saguaro. It is about 15 uh, feet tall. And over the summer, it did get uh, – it was a tough summer for it. And we have some black spots on one of the sides of it. And that black spot, it hasn't opened up, nothing like that, but it's about a foot long. Um, and we're thinking, is there anything we could do to save this saguaro? Well, the ones that have failed have actually kind of rotted from the inside out, so um, that's not been good. You might uh, basically cut into that black spot and see if it's uh, hard. If it's hard, it's probably okay. okay. If it's soft, and see if it bleeds out of the inside or not, and see if you can maybe cut into it and, and take out, if it's got like a bacterial infection in it, just clean it kind of out and, and uh Put it, treat it with dusting sulfur. You could try that. But most okay. of them that have shown the problems basically have been systemic through the whole plant. And uh, most of them have succumbed to the, you know, the infections. Or, you know, and there's, they're talking about the biggest problem being respiration in the summertime because it was just too hot at night and they couldn't respirate. Right. But, um, yeah, we've never seen it like this before. And it certainly seems a lot worse around town than it does out in the uh, native desert. But um, it's definitely a problem. Absolutely. Okay. So at least I, I could try to uh, go into that little well, area. Go, go, see yeah, if just take, take a little sharp knife and just see if it's soft or not. Okay. Okay. And if it's okay, hard, perfect. I probably wouldn't worry about it. If it's soft at all, you could try to cut into it. But if you find that it goes into the center of the whole plant, it's probably systemic and got to kill the plant. If you can localize it and take it out and treat it with powdered sulfur, you know, I've seen plenty of uh, saguaros out in the desert and in captivity with the ribs showing. And it doesn't mean they're skinny. It just means that that part of the material was deteriorated. Got it. Okay. All right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Good luck, Miguel. Bye-bye. Uh, Gordon and Mesa. Good morning, Gordon. Uh, good morning, Brian. Got a quick one for you. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a lemon tree, one of your favorite Meyer, Meyer lemons, and it didn't produce anything last year, but this year I'm kind of waiting for the blossoms to start. Can you tell me when I should expect to see them starting to pop out? Well, you know, lemons can bloom multiple times per year, but on Meyer lemons, uh, depending on how warm the weather is, they can start to bloom in January. And I've seen them have two or three different blooms all the way through March or April. Let me ask you, Gordon, is your tree shaded a lot? No, it's in full sun. It's in full sun? Okay. Well, as we say in farming, yeah. there's always next year, so hopefully we'll get a good bloom. Yep. And uh, our yeah, crop's yeah, down, just, too. Um, I'm hoping that... Uh, yeah, I guess January, I'll, I'll start watching for the 
blossoms. Yeah, if we have a warm, if we have a warm January towards the end of the month, it can bloom, but it can continue to bloom, you know, pretty much all the way through April. Okay, well, I'll look for it then. All righty, thanks for the call. Bye bye. Uh, Gus and Surprise. Hello, Gus. A very good morning to you. How are you? Oh, enjoying it. It's just beautiful here. The sun just came over the mountaintop in Sunny Slope, and uh, we have a great yep. staff today. We have Sheer and I have extra staff, though she's yawning back there, Miss Zander. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of things. Uh, I bought uh, several trees from you guys back in uh, 2019, 2020, and one of them was the Aleppo pine, and it's probably grown. I don't know, eight, ten feet since we planted it. But the top four feet's got a big S curve in it. Should I be concerned? Should I try to straighten that out? You know, Aleppo's especially different than um, Mondale or Elderica pines. Can grow pretty curved and gnarly. And uh, sometimes that's what really makes them special. We've got a trunk that a friend brought to me, uh, Jason, uh, one of our tree trimmer friends, and he he hated to remove the tree. And it was growing over in central Phoenix on flood irrigation. It was a mass of Aleppo, but they decided to put a new house in and change the configuration of the lot. But this trunk is um, probably four feet at the base and has 11 arms that come out. And the reason why it does is because it was probably topped or had some traumatic event when it was young. And so it put out multiple branches sideways and made the most beautiful tree. So if you're into something that's perfectly straight and you want a vertical tree, you probably should have planted an Elderica. But if you're into something kinky, wild, and pretty... That's really hard to beat in Aleppo. It's just that, you know, I'm used to pine trees from Illinois, and they're straight as an arrow. And, mm-hmm. and this, I thought, I better ask, because I no. listen to you every Sunday, and I get kind of nervous because I get nervous about calling. Uh, real quickly, um, we bought a, 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 a lime tree and a grapefruit tree from you guys, and I've been getting fruit for a couple of years now. And also, because of your advice, I now have a second crop of tomatoes that are almost six foot tall in my raised garden bed. So thanks for that. I never would be able to try that back in home in Illinois. Well, and enjoy the way the Aleppo pines grow. You know, every, everybody in the world knows where Aleppo <laughs> is now because of all the problems yeah. we've had in the Middle East. But, um, you know, they're a beautiful tree. And I, I think they're the prettiest because they're unique and uh, they'll branch with multiple forms and different things and can be quite pretty. Yes, my wife enjoys it. You know, like I said, from the home, we had all kinds of pine trees as a border, but uh, you like the smells, you know, enjoy that. So, well, thank, thank you, guys. Have, have a nice for, weekend. All right, you too. Bye. Uh, let's see, Nancy and Scottsdale. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. It is a beautiful day. It's pretty spectacular out there. Light breeze, probably five knots. Uh, Claire is a bell. Uh, I, uh, somebody earlier was asking about the lemon tree with the blossoms. We have a little baby lemon tree that's just been, it was a tiny one that's just been in for a year, and it does have three blossoms on it. Uh, should we let those uh, mature in the hopes of getting a lemon, or sh- is it better to take those off or just let them drop? Or No, absolutely. Just let, you know, like the Beatles song, just kind of let it be and see what happens. Uh, you know, most <laughs> most blooms don't set fruit, but they may. And, and it's not uncharacteristic for, for lemon trees to bloom out of season. So I've seen them bloom in August. I've seen them bloom like now in November, especially with the hot summer that we've had. And um, and good luck to you is all I can say. And perhaps those will produce a lemon. <laughs> and you certainly didn't grow it just to produce leaves, so you might as well enjoy the fruit. No. Uh, also, uh, we uh, 
pried a couple of golden barrel babies off a bigger golden barrel mm-hmm. and planted them uh, late spring. Okay. Uh, and and we just water them like once every couple of weeks. Uh, when will we know whether they are actually going to make it or not? Well, Nancy, I would say that after this summer, if you did them in late spring and they're not dehydrated and just like, a, you know, a dried up blowfish, I think they're probably good. Okay, great. All right. Was I one of the three callers to get a free tree? Nancy, I've got to tell you, you just missed. You, you were number four. You, you sound like you have uh, my kind of luck, Nancy. All right. Well, well I'll hope for a Christmas tree later. <laughs> okay. Well, well you, you you know the story then. You know that, the, that occasionally we do give away Christmas trees, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, and I'll have a I'll have a Christmas tree story to tell you then. Well, that is, that's perfect, but not until after Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. Have a good day. Thank you, Nancy. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Sammy and Peoria. After Sammy, we've got four open lines. A number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Sammy. Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you, boss? Enjoy the day. It's pretty out there. That, that light breeze makes it perfect. Very good. Two questions for you. I'm looking to buy Moringa tree. Where I can find them? Oh, we have them. We have them like we sell smaller sizes in those, usually like a five or fifteen gallon. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Uh, Tangela, I have Tangela tree, probably ten years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, some of them very juicy. Some of them dry. What caused that? Well, the ones on the outside of the tree, and you know, when they get sunburned, especially in a year uh-huh. like this year, um, there uh-huh. could be some dry ones. You know, I was out in our groves yesterday afternoon, and uh, you know, we especially in the navels. I've got a lot of navels that um, will basically end up, you know, not selling retail because one side of them sunburned, and uh, so one side will be dry, the other side will be good. But that's when they get sunburned. Oh. But you know, oh, with okay. tangelos, the biggest trick with tangelos is not to eat them too uh-huh. early. You know, tangelos don't really get to be good here until about the 15th of January on. So even though they're real pretty next month, uh, leave them on the tree and let them improve because tangelos get far better the second half of January, February, March than they are in December. Okay. Thank you, Brian, and I love your show, boss. Hey, thanks for being part of it, Sammy. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, I will stop by for Moringa tree. Yeah, we've got the Moringas. Okay, bye-bye. Um, let's see. Next, we have Liz in Phoenix. After Liz, we got four opens again. Number to call, 602-277-5827. You know, Shira and Xander back here aren't going to think you love them if you don't call them. Hi, Liz. Hi there. I'm I'm calling. I have managed to grow three very small apricot trees from seed. Okay. And my first question is, will they grow in Arizona? And if so, what do I do once they're, I've put them in probably a six or eight inch pot after I sprouted the the seeds, the kernels. And so what do I do next? Well, these are kind of like a box of chocolates. You don't know exactly what you're going to get because you grow from seed. Um, You know, typically when we're growing stone fruits, like peaches, apples, and, you know, apricots, all those things, they're grafted trees. So they're grown on a rootstock. And, and then after the rootstock, they put a graft on, so they're all clones and they're all the same. 
Now, you're doing it more the natural way, so you're growing one from seed. So we don't know because of genetics exactly what it's going to be. And um, if, it, if it's one you bought here in the store, the chances are it's probably one that came from a higher elevation. Uh, some apricots like Katie's do really well here because they're low chill. But, you know, we're just going to you're just gonna have to wait and find out. So it's going to take you probably two or three years. And uh, from the time okay. you planted it, and it's it, if it's growing, it's growing. It should grow up and make a tree. And then it's the box of chocolates time, you know. Only the difference is, is that they're not all chocolates. In a box of chocolates, you don't get any rotten ones. <laughs> uh, sometimes with the stone fruit, if you're growing up from seed, you just don't know if it's going to produce or not. And I would say you probably only have a 20% chance of it producing, but you really don't know. And uh, and I don't know yep. what what type of apricot you planted the seed from, but you know it's fun to try. You got, try you, got, you got a growing thing. You can see what you can do if you have space. Don't mind investing the time. Uh, you know, a couple of years goes by pretty fast. Okay, um, so when I go to plant them in the ground, is there anything I need to do other than? Planting it in the ground. Well, put them in the ground. You want to dig a hole, probably, you know, a decent sized hole, probably two foot by two foot, and just turn all the soil over, okay? And then mix in some compost, like one third compost. You might want to add a little bit of, uh, you know, like a bone meal in there, and that's going to give you extra phosphorus for them to start rooting and, and maybe grow a little faster. And uh, then just go ahead and take them out of your container and plant them. This is a great time to plant them, Liz. It's a perfect time to plant them outside. And as long as they don't have reflected heat, i.e. being on the west side of a wall, they should be okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking my call. Well, good luck to you. We'll, we'll, see, what, we'll see what it brings. All Bye-bye. right. Bye-bye. Uh, Rose and Buckeye. Good morning, Rose. Good morning. How are you? Oh, Zippity Doodah was our first song. How could you be not be wonderful? You should you should have <laughs> seen you, you should have seen Sharon Zandra singing Zippity Doodah. And then I noticed looking off to my shoulder that Julie was harmonizing with them. And they're in three different studios, you know. So that they're having fun this morning. So it's a good day. It's always a good day. So- Thank you for taking my call. Just a, a couple of questions. Um, when should you trim um, a desert willow? Well, as soon as it goes dormant is the best time, but you can prune it right now if you want to. I mean, if it's bugging you, today is a great day to prune it. It's not going to harm the tree at all. And sometime between now and before it leaves out, so you got from now till the end of February, any time in there is a great time to prune it. But probably the ideal time, if it's a young one, you want to get the most out of the tree, the best, best time to prune it as soon as it loses its leaves, usually late December. Well, it's... um. It's probably five years old or so. Mm-hmm. How aggressively can I cut it back next month? You can't hurt it. <laughs> it's a desert willow, okay? Okay, good to know. Yeah. Okay, and it's good not gonna, to know. It's not going to cry when you cut off its arms. All right. Just play some nice music out there as you're, as you're cutting its arms off. Okay, okay. And the other thing is I have had some good luck getting... Um, some Texas mountain laurels to grow. And is there any way to promote them to bloom more coming this spring? Uh, how large are they, Rose? Um, well, now they're both about 10 feet tall. You know, being in, being in the sun, okay, is, is important. Yep. 
Uh, you could try and give them some extra phosphorus, and phosphorus does help a lot in the blooming. So you would do that, you know, probably like in January. And you could use okay. triple, treble, triple treble phosphate, or you could use uh, like bone meal. Either one's going to be pretty high in phosphorus. And then uh, okay. one good deep irrigation about a month ahead of the bloom cycle and let them get pretty dry. Don't keep them real wet. Oh, let, oh get, let them get dry. And then okay. don't, and don't feed them with high nitrogen fertilizer. Okay. So that's All where right. like Super Bloom okay. actually is a wonderful fertilizer for that. It's low nitrogen, real high phosphorus. But you could give them some Super Bloom and uh, water it in real well and then back away, let them be dry. And that's as long as they have sun, they should bloom. And just let it rip. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Is there, do you happen to know, do you ever carry Kufia Vermillionaire at your nursery? We do sometimes in the spring and sometimes in the fall. It comes in with our annual flower kind of season. Love that plant. Okay, well, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Rose. Bye-bye. And it's time for the news. Yes, Miss Julie is approached. Oh, no, she's in the studio. She's live. She's smiling. Wait, she's humming zippity-doodah. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. You can give us a call on the break at 602-277-5827. Uh, I got a feeling called the blue. Folks, beautiful Sunday morning here in Sunny Slope. Light breezes. I don't know what it is. Probably, you know, 60 degrees. It's quite nice out here. We do have two lines available. A number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Susan and Mesa, good morning. Hello. Hi, Susan. Very clearly. I'm just, oh, good. I have life or death questions for a poor ficus tree. And I think I need to ask you so that I can get the answers and maybe call you again today or next week. Does that sound like something you'd be willing to help me with? Oh, absolutely. You know what, uh, Susan, can you kind of describe what the problems are now? It's a beautiful big ficus tree that's bigger, taller than the house, too close to the house. Um, for a long, long time, my husband's been cutting it away from the rooftop. Um, and when he has to replace irrigation lines in the yard, then he has to cut away roots because it's just thriving, taking mm -hmm. over. It's a beautiful tree. Everything else has suffered so much, and we've lost. We lost our lemon last year. We lost our pink grapefruit this year. Um, 
I, I just don't want him to cut out, but he, he thinks he has to remove the ficus tree because it, it's taking over. Well, is he there with us? No, I wish he was. Okay, well, that's fine. Well, I'll tell you what. This is all recorded, okay? So this all goes into a podcast, so this might even be easier. So when the show's over, Shira records all this, and you can pull it right up on the Internet, and you can hear our answer, all right? And then then if he has questions, why don't you have him call next week? So here's what I would do. To ficus trees, when they're happy, and they're getting plenty of water and things, they grow like crazy. They can become monsters and then get out of place. My first ficus tree that I planted over our nursery at Glendale Avenue in 1979 is now 50 feet by 50 feet at least. But it's fine because of the place it's, it's grown up in. But anyway, to slow that ficus tree down, pruning those roots does uh, not going to hurt the ficus tree at all. So the big roots are there, he can prune. But if you want to stop the ficus from growing so aggressively, he can either prune it or I'd really recommend you just have an arborist come in and prune it. The best time to prune it heavy is going to be about the first and middle part of March and have him reduce the size of the tree by 50%. So you're going to be cutting cutting the whole top of the tree and reducing the whole, not just the few limbs off the house, but have somebody come in, reduce the size of the tree. Now, as the tree has, it's not going to grow more roots until it gets back out to where it was, right? So that's going to okay. slow all, that's going to slow all that root growth down. And then around, you know, then around the tree, as far as an irrigation system, it really needs water probably within about 10 foot diameter from the tree. And that needs to be run about once every week in the heat of the summer and once every two or three weeks in the wintertime. And that's all the water it really needs. And But if he wants to trim all the other roots that are going out that are creating problems, if we'll do all those same things in March, cut the top of the tree back, cut all the roots back, and then it'll be the cost of maintenance about every two or three years pruning the tree back, you can maintain the tree, keep it happy, and the roots won't become a problem. Wow. But it's going to take that major pruning, but now is not the time. The best time for that major pruning is going to be early March. Okay, well, at least we can... Well, I'll tell you what, now now you're going to have our answer. Now you can play it back for him, you know, from from the podcast off the internet. And uh, then we would love for him to join us in the conversation next Sunday. Yeah, um... Benjamin's going to be thrilled that his life can be saved. One other thing um, that my husband questioned, can it be moved? They can They just, can be transplanted. How large in diameter is the trunk? Well, I knew you were going to ask that, and I don't know that answer. I haven't taken the measuring tape out there. but okay. um, So take a measuring tape, run it around the trunk, and divide by 3.14, and then we'll know the diameter. Okay. I will do that. So I'll, I'll be prepared or he'll be prepared for. Well, we can all have a nice conversation, you know, and, you know, the beautiful thing about this world is, you know, we have to respect others' opinions and different ideas, you know, and, and there's always a room for compromise that can make things work. Yeah. It was on your to-do, on his to-do list, and I wrote beside it, please, I call you the garden guy. Please call the garden guy first. Please. Well, just you, you all working out together. I'm sure you have some yeah. influence on them. Hey, Susan, have <laughs> have a nice weekend and have them listen to the podcast, and uh, right. and, and we could talk about it. But there, there's certainly ways to keep it from becoming, you know, from being as aggressive as it is now. To, you know, to kind of rein it in a little bit. 
Okay, so to get the podcast, how do I do that? You just go to the internet and go to the Whitfield Nursery uh-huh. Garden Show and look for the one that's KTAR, and it's, it's it'll be in by noon. Okay, so anytime after lunch today, uh, sure, I'll have it recorded. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye, uh, Gary and Glendale. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I planted uh, rum seed, some mesquite trees. And they're about two to four, six inches tall now. Mm-hmm. They're in pots. Um, I want to put them in bigger pots, grow them, and plant them next spring. I think is the best time. I don't know. Well, what size uh, pots do you in, have in now, Gary? Pardon me? What size pots are they in right now? Um, Six-inch tall pots. Six-inch, like a, like a red Solo cup size? Yeah. Okay. So they're probably not going to grow much this winter anyway. They're probably done and they're not going to okay, really root cool. anymore. So you could just leave them in those pots and plant them out in February if you want to. And, uh, okay. Now, when you plant a mesquite tree from seed, it's kind of like that box of chocolates we talked about earlier. You never uh-huh. know exactly what you're going to get because they cross pollinate. Right. Seeds are like mesquites are like people. They, we're not picky. We'll breed with anyone and sow mesquite trees. <laughs> Well, I want them. I'm going to take them up to uh, Camp Birdie. Uh-huh. I've got a, a fenced half acre, and I want to hide my neighbors. Okay. And I, I'm thinking these will work for that. Well, they, they should, you know, as long as they get water in the summertime. And, you know, plant, plant them in March. No reason okay. to plant them before that. Like I say, if you wanted to put them, like, into a two-gallon bucket or a five-gallon bucket right now, that's fine. They're only going to grow another two weeks, three weeks, and they're just going to stop. You know, for the winter. So there's not really a reason to have to transplant them right now. But if you'll transplant them just right out into the ground, you know, about the first of March and uh, and keep some water to them, you might want to put in a little bit of uh, like an Osmocote fertilizer or something so they get an extra kick that lasts for when they first get started. And when you plant them in the ground, put them on a drip irrigation system of some sort or water them at least once a week. And uh, those should grow with a vengeance in April and May. Super. That's, that's just what I needed to know. Thanks, Gary. Bye-bye. I, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Uh, Scott and Goodyear. Good morning, Scott. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I got a couple questions. I have a tree out front, about eight years old, and um, I got a couple of problems with it. I'm just not sure what's going on in my life, and I've been just kind of posing some things off or giving it more water. Maybe we're doing it wrong. So the first problem is, the trunk kind of, you know, where it kind of comes up and then the branches just kind of start spawning off and whatnot. Right in that kind of area, it looks like it's almost black. And then it all down the side, even it's almost black. And then every now and then, you know, when we see that we're just going to kind of, we start spraying it off. Uh, with, Is this know, on a mesquite tree, Scott? You know, apologize. I, I don't know what kind of tree it is. Does it um, have thorns or? No thorns at all. No thorns. No. Okay. It sound what it sounds like to me, Scott, is it's called slime flux disease. And it's in mesquite trees and it's not really lethal, but there's no absolute cure for it. You might try a product called Monterey Disease Control, which is a bacteria that eats fungus. And you can put that around the base of the tree and water it in. You can spray it on the on the foliage too. And uh, and it could be systemic and go into the tree. We could see if it works, but it's not if you have water, some, so. And then if it's a mesquite tree, what you want to do is deep water it and let it dry out. It doesn't take much water in the wintertime. But if you'd like, Scott, you could send a picture of it into our website at Whitfield Nursery. 
and uh, we could take oh, a look at that. Then we could tell what type of tree it is too. Okay, I'll do that for sure. Uh, real quick, then the second thing is that I noticed, and this might have something to do with watering. My neighbor said, but the tree's about eight years old. It's got really good sized trunk and all that. But then I see the uh, some of the these giant roots that are kind of showing through the ground now. Mm-hmm. Should I just like rake rock away and just kind of cover that up with more dirt, or what's going on with that? Well, the reason the big roots are going out is because they're going out. They're finding water somewhere away from the tree. Maybe you have a drip system with plants that are planted away, and there or a lawn that's nearby, and they're going over and taking advantage of wherever that water source is. How do you water this particular it, tree? Uh, it is on some kind of a little drip system. Uh, it was already there when we bought the house. Okay, it may need more water, so you might want to increase the drip around the tree. And if it's if those roots are going out, they're finding water somewhere else. You might have a leak or something somewhere else where it's picking up more water. So it definitely sounds like it's probably a mesquite. And uh, those roots that are going out are going out to find a place where there's more water, wanting to get bigger and happier. And uh, if you want to cut those roots off and keep it more controlled around the tree, you can. Or the roots themselves being exposed isn't going to hurt the health of the tree in either. Okay. All right. Well, great. Thanks for taking my call again. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Scott. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to have to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Uh, in the meantime, you can give us a call. We do have two lines available at 602-277-5827. It's Shira and Zandra and Julie here with the news. Sunday morning with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM KTAR. Smell that fresh cut grass I'm back in my helmet, cleats and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle, listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys that fall They didn't let just anybody in that club Took every ounce of heart and sweat and blood To get to wear those game day jerseys down the hall Kings of the school, man, where the boys are fall Well, it's turn and face the stars and stripes It's fighting back them butterflies It's songs, you know, repeatedly in the same season. But uh, not only is this one of my favorites, but the boys from ASU yesterday and especially the coach were just amazing. And what can I say about my Wildcats? Four in a row. <laughs> you know, I think our biggest competition is not going to be Utah. But that game this year between ASU and uh, U of A is going to be special. But man, the coaching jobs both those guys did yesterday and the the pride you feel of being on a team. Something special. Oh, let's see. Back to the phones. We got uh, Mary and Tempe. Hello, Mary. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Morning. 
My question is, we have a grapefruit tree that we uh, planted this spring. It survives the summer, and we want to know when to fertilize it. Well, ideally what we want to do for young citrus trees is to keep them on a regular feeding program, just like they're little babies, you know? Like when you have a little kid, you have to get up and feed them like in the middle of the night, two, three times sometimes. Um, Uh That's how our young trees are. So with the young tree, what you want to do is you want to start fertilizing. You can give it a little fertilizer right now if you want to, but it's going to be important to start it somewhere around Valentine's Day. And if you want it to grow its best, feed it once a month all the way through next October. Okay, through October. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I ask a couple other questions quick? Only if you smile. And what and what fertilizer do you recommend? We have one called Organo Pro Citrus Food, which is kind of a nice balanced fertilizer. And the difference is it has chelated iron and sulfur in it. And so it works really mm-hmm. well in our local soil. And that's one that we okay. carry, we recommend that works well. Okay, great. Thank you. And then the other question is we have two Chinese elms. <clears throat> Excuse me. One is... Uh, about six feet, It's one is a lot darker green than the other one. The dark green tree is about six feet from a lawn. Our yard is desert, so the tree that's lighter green is on our desert side. Do you have any opinions or any thoughts or what to do? Well, how, we do, have you, been more- how, how do you water and how do you fertilize? We went really, really deep with the watering this summer because we wanted to save the tree. Okay. We've so, never heard. Okay. So how, how do you water? Uh, with the hose, my husband took a thing and drilled a deep, deep hole down. Okay. So that the, so, and we would do it like all, all night. Okay. Real, real, real low. Uh-huh. And, and how often? Uh, when we thought about it. Okay. Well, that's okay. <laughs> the tree's alive. So you, you did better than a lot of people here in the Valley. So pat yourself on the back for that. If you want, if you want to be happier, you could put that same citrus fruit on the tree at the same time. Okay. And put it, put it around the tree. And when he waters with the deep water system, that's ideal. And that watering for a long time is perfect. And the watering Uh with the hose can be the absolute best as long as you remember to do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, realistically, this time of year, it needs water about once a month if it's a big established tree. Okay. So almost nothing. And when it loses its leaves, it doesn't really need any water at all from probably, you know, January and February. Then you kick the water back on when it leaves out like the end of February, 1st of March, and then water it real deep about once every two weeks. Okay. And okay. Uh, that should be fine all the way through the summer, uh, except for if we hit hundred and. 10 and we stay there again, you know, like we did in Uh July, and then you would up Uh to once a week in that really heat period time, okay? Okay. And then you can go, you know, you can kind of change it back next fall. So really in November and December, it's only once a month, all right? So just, but those good deep waterings are perfect. But if you'll fertilize it, um, you know, it's going to give it a big kick, and it'll probably turn a lot greener. And chances are your neighbors are fertilizing that lawn. And so not only yeah. is your tree getting a lot more water, it's also getting the, you know, the, the their fertilizer they're putting on their lawn too. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Can I ask one more quick question or do you need to go? No, you're smiling. I can tell. Okay. Uh, we have some little tomato plants. They're in like little Dixie cups right now. They're about five inches tall. Okay. But they, we planted them from seed. They're in a window right now in the house. Okay. When should we change? When should we plant, transplant? Well, that's them? the perfect size to transplant. Okay, but there's a couple of different oh, okay. considerations. Uh, if you're in a colder part of Tempe, what I would do is transplant them into five gallon containers. 
Oh, okay. Okay, and then snap, put them in the ground. That way you can keep them on a south-facing patio, and they'll grow into beautiful, nice tomato plants. And then the time to put them out into the garden, if you don't want to worry about frost, would be somewhere after the 15th of uh, February. So when you're busy doing all your fertilizing, everything's happened on Valentine's Day, then you can plant your tomatoes. Okay, sounds good. All right, thanks, Thank Mary. You. Bye-bye. Uh, Tom and Buckeye. Hello, Thomas. Good morning. Good morning. I'm like everybody else, tree watering. Mm-hmm. I've got a tangerine, a lemon, two Chinese elm, a boogie bush, and a tree that I have no idea what it is. <laughs> what you sure calling? Huh? How long have they been planted, Tom? Long time. I okay. think we got the tangerine tree from you guys 20 years ago. All right. So 20-year-old trees, um, do you water with bubblers or the hose, or how do you water oh, Hose. Turn it on, let it drip slowly for usually anywhere from six to ten hours, depending. Right now it's about six, seven. In the heat of the summer, it got as long as 12 hours. Okay. Uh, So this time of year, you know, we're looking at once every two or three weeks. You know, it should be plenty of water. And, uh, you know, up to as often as once a a week in the summer if it's really hot. And, uh, but if it's not really hot, you know, once every two weeks is still good. You know, like okay. our, our citrus groves out in uh, the East Valley this past year, because we had all that rain, we uh, we shut our water off uh, December 15th, and we didn't water again to almost the 1st of March. But, you know, this past winter, we had a lot of rains, and then particularly in that location. So you kind of want to watch, you know, what happens with the rain. Like an elm tree, you know, really, if you watered it once again right now, didn't water it again till February, it'd probably be fine. And the citrus trees, you know, you might be able to get away with once a month, depending on your soil type. Um, but you know, Reg, if you just figure every three weeks, it'd probably be good. Okay, well, this I'm sitting in an old riverbed out here, so it's a pretty gravelly. Um, yes, I got patches, patches of bleach, but most of it's sand. Okay, so yeah, that's going to make you water more. You know, where you, where you have the caliche underneath the sand, the water's not going to penetrate as much. But, you know, where it's sandy soil like that, you're going to water more. So I would say on the citrus, you probably every two weeks for right now still. Okay. Okay. And then that, was, the that, that should be plenty every two weeks, maybe even less than that on the elms. They're going to okay. start to go. And one of the elms is sooner. brand new and the other one is. Well, the new, one, the new one's different than the old one. The, the new one water every couple of weeks. Okay. Alrighty, now one more question: Eucalyptus tree. Mm-hmm. For some reason, on the west side of it, the bark is falling off and it's turning black. Well, it probably got that? it probably got sunburned this summer. Okay, probably just didn't get enough water. You know, and like a eucalyptus tree in that sandy ground in the summertime when it's 110 degrees plus 115, 118, you could turn a drip system on that and just run it. You know. And, well, the problem uh, is this tree is. Probably three stories high. Right, so that's what it's even more critical. Before you get that, grab a trail between Prairieville and Jackrabbit. That's the tallest tree there is. So that tree, whenever it's really hot, needs a tremendous amount of water. But the nice, the roots are are clear over to the neighbors, and we're on an acre. Mm -hmm. So you know how much ground is between us and the neighbors, and, and I did run into it out in the front yard where it was about. I'm going to say six to eight inches thick mm-hmm. and down about two feet. Well, and it's, so it's trying to capture as much water as it can. But when it's when it's that kind of hot, okay, like it was this past summer, it needs extra water. 
Okay, does it work to water right around the trunk then? Well, you can water it anywhere. It, it, it's going to have roots in that whole area. So it's 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 gotten big, happy, and efficient. It's doing what it can to collect water. But um, yes. So you could water it anywhere in that whole area if you wanted to. Anywhere in that area, you could put water. That, that eucalyptus is going to get some of it. But it's going to take okay, a lot buddy. of it. Hey. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. you have a good Thanksgiving. Enjoy the whole holidays. You as well. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, I forgot to do the Whitfield commercial, but I do have to say we have to take the news here pretty quick. So we've got uh, Julie coming into the newsroom. So we're going to have to say goodbye for the hour, but we'll be right back after the hour. Lesson Rick, you'll be up next. If you'd like to call and be up after Lesson Rick, uh, give us a call at 602-277-5827. And I will talk a little bit more about Whitfields when we come back.